Greetings and God bless you. This is Tiffany Talks Hope of the Woman Inside the Mirror.com. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34 says this Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's talk a little bit more on God's will. You know, nowhere in the Bible does God lay down complete blueprint for anyone's life. He didn't take Abraham aside, for instance, and tell him, I want you to marry your half sister, Sarah. And then the two of you will move to a land that will someday be called Israel. But famine will cause you to move to Egypt. And then you will bring back a slave girl by the name of Hagar, who will bear your son. And there will be great strife in your household because of arguments between Sarah and Hagar and their children. And then I will ask you to sacrifice Isaac and turn Ishmael out to the wilderness. And then you will acquire great riches. And then Sarah will die and you will remarry. And finally, you will live to a ripe old age and three great religions will trace their beliefs to you. True, God did disclose some things to Abraham over a period of time, but there was much that Abraham simply didn't know about how life would unfold. Surprisingly, the Bible doesn't offer a lot of guidance about our future, though it does offer considerable guidance about how we should conduct ourselves in the present. You know, one thing Abraham did know was what God wanted him to do in the present, and then to his credit, he did it. To seek to know the future in detail would be like a first-year algebra student demanding to move straight from solving two-step equations to partial infraction decomposition. You know, it, it just doesn't work like that. As Jerry Sitzer points out, God has a plan for our lives, but he doesn't disclose it to us too far in advance. He says, we will discover that plan, however, Sister tells us, by simply doing the will of God we already know in the present moment. Life will then gradually unfold for us. We will discover at just the right time what we need to know and do. We will discern God's will as naturally as we learned how to walk, one step at a time. Father, help me not to press against the limits you have placed in my life, seeking knowledge that you do not want to give. Help me to be content with what you have already revealed so I can do your will today. Amen. I hope this has blessed you on today and encouraged you to live in the present moment. And do what God has asked you to do on today. Thank you so much for listening. This is Tiffany Talks Hope of the Woman Inside the Mirror.com. Greetings and God bless you. This is Tiffany Talks Hope of the Woman Inside the Mirror.com. Luke chapters 12 and 27 says, Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Let's talk about more peace and less stuff. Okay? Ever heard of the term hedonic adaptation or hedonic treadmill both of these refer to the fact that in order to maintain the surge of pleasure that comes with every new gadget and thingamajig we purchase we have to keep buying new things of the two phrases i prefer the latter because it it, it just vividly captures the idea that we have to keep running farther and faster in order to achieve the same amount of happiness so you know just keep running on the treadmill right but what would happen if we were to step off the treadmill that's what several people in the small house and movement they have done, building tiny homes so they can live more simply and cheaply. Some homes cost less to heat, cool, and repair and are much quicker to clean. You know, there's one woman who lives in the tiniest of houses and she heats her home with solar panels and a propane tank, the kind the rest of us use to power our gas grills, and it makes her heating bill about $5 a month. Her so-called refrigerator is a small cooler. 
By having a small carbon footprint, small house folks hope to have a big impact on the world around them, spending their time and money on causes, people, and experiences they care about. What a terrific counterpoise to the bloated houses many people have been building in suburbs across the country. You know, I have no desire to call a closet a home. The idea of downsizing appeals to me because I've learned the hard way that owning lots of stuff usually works against my sense of peace and happiness. You needn't move into a tiny house to achieve the goal of living simply. You know, you just have to decide that you want the benefits of simplicity and what they can bring and start making decisions with your goal in mind. Lord, help me to major in the majors and minor in the minors. Having lots of stuff is minor. Dedicating my time and money to you is major. I hope this has blessed you on today. Thank you so much for listening. This is Tiffany Talks Hope of the Woman Inside the Mirror.com. Greetings and God bless you. This is Tiffany Talks Hope of the Woman Inside the Mirror.com. Jeremiah chapter 12 and 1 says, Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you. So let me bring you this complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Author Charlie Shedd once received a letter from a high school student in Nebraska asking a difficult question. We are having a hard time on the farm this year, she explained, because of no rain. My father is worried about paying the bills and the bank. All of the farmers are worried. My folks are good people, she went on to say. We go to church. My mom and I sing on the choir. My father is a deacon. My parents do so many good things. They grow more food than we need and give to poor people. I guess what bothers me most is why does it rain on my uncle's farm? He lives 70 miles away and his crops are looking good. I probably shouldn't say this, but my uncle is mean. I don't see how my aunt stands him. He is so awful to her. He is awful to my cousins too, and nobody likes him. He swears a lot and he doesn't go to church. I'm not sure he even believes in God. So why does he get rain and we don't? Do you know what I'm asking? Do you think it's fair? In his response, Charlie didn't lecture this earnest young girl about the fact that good behavior doesn't ensure an easy life or that geographical factors may have been affecting weather patterns. But he did remind her of the story of a man called Job, the poor guy who lost his children, his servants and his wealth in just a few hours. Then Job's body broke out in horrible sores. In the end, after enduring days of bad advice from three so-called friends, Job received something better than a buttoned-up answer to his sufferings, a visitation from God so magnificent that his questions no longer mattered. He also received twice as many blessings as he had before. Why do the wicked prosper? It's a question that will always be asked. Our task is not to keep searching for easy answers, but to keep believing that God is good no matter what. As Charlie Shedd pointed out, the story of Job ends on a positive note. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. And that's in Job 42 and 12. Each of us can expect the same, even if the latter part doesn't begin to unfold in this life. Lord, hear my cry to you. Help me to be faithful, remembering your goodness in the midst of many trials. Amen. I hope this has blessed you on today. Thank you so much for listening. This is Tiffany Talks Hope of the Woman Inside the Mirror.com.